When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. My name's Ellis Williams and it's draft week. Therefore, I've got another guest for y'all. Cameron T. Robinson was great the other day talking to Mekhi Becton. So we're doubling down on the offensive tackle theme and focusing on the top four tackles today. To help me do that, please welcome NFL and college football analyst, Vach Lombardi. Vach, how you doing, man? Salute, salute. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Look, thanks for coming on. Uh, look, I stumbled upon your work while doing some draft research of my own and came upon your film breakdowns. Uh, look, you're thorough, smart, and entertaining. So uh, I had to have you on here, man. I tell you what, man, it's a very, very busy time of year and it's very exhausting. But I tell you what, next week I'll, I'll just be a, be a regular, normal human again. So, so uh, you know, let's enjoy the, this uh, draft process and all that. I hear that. I hear that. We've all earned a break coming up here soon, but uh, our game day now is going to be Thursday and into the weekend. So like you said, it's an exciting time. Um, as I said, with the topic today, we're going to focus on the four top offensive tackle prospects, that being Becton, Tristan Wirfs, Iowa. Jedrick Wills, Alabama, and Andrew Thomas. So just let's start looking at this class as a whole. Uh, just your thoughts overall, and really the question is, are we looking at a historically talented draft class, and do you think these are all four can't-miss prospects? So we don't want to put pressure on any of these guys. We don't want to call anybody can't-miss because, sure enough, we can love them and they get to the league and, you know, let us all down. So we don't want to say that. But um, in the National Football League, we don't have a lot of good offensive linemen. Uh, we don't have a lot of good tackles, especially. So when you get a class where you have some some guys that give you a little bit of optimism, then, a, you know, obviously you would be excited about it. So um, there are regular tackles that you feel like, you know, can play. Those are guys you can plug into a system. There are guys you can kind of hide a little bit. Uh, if they're getting whooped over on the outside, put a tight end over there. You know, you can kind of do some things. Um, but I think there are three top-tier tackles this year. I'll even say four top-tier tackles you can say this year. One of them wasn't in your outline, but we'll, but we'll you know, get there in a second. Okay. Um, and just in terms of guys that you feel comfortable leaving them on an island with some, with some monster at the end or whatnot. So um, it's a pretty good year for a tackle. Absolutely. My man, I couldn't have set it better up myself. So let's start with Makai Becton. Um, simply his strengths and weaknesses, and specifically I want to ask you about uh, watching your breakdown, uh, one of your comments stood out to me. You said something like, he's 370 pounds. And, and he's not fat. Yeah, and he doesn't know how to use it yet. So just explain that to me because I really like that and just his strengths and weaknesses in general. 
he's 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 three sixty five, not a fat guy, but he doesn't really know what that means just yet. Yep. Um, so Beckton is the guy that has the highest ceiling out of everybody because he has no clue about football, but he knows everything about whooping people. Um, so you may look at his feet and say that they may look a little heavy, but they travel well, and that may make you a little nervous. But I think as long as he can get to his landmarks, he's good to go. And I think that's a that's a common thing amongst these top five or so you know tackles. Or I would say offensive linemen is that they can fit in most systems because they're they're powerful enough to move guys. But if you're running outside zone stuff, inside zone, if you're doing backside things, they can climb, they can climb to the next level. You're running jailbreak screens, they can get to, you know, safeties and all that. So Beckton, even though he's the biggest boy out of all of them, you 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 don't have to consider him this Molly type guy. Some people will watch him and not and not do research and say, oh, he's 365 pounds, put him at guard and let him maul people. Absolutely not. He can move with the best of them. If you look at those athletes um versus Clemson you look at those guys in North Carolina he was moving well with those guys his problem is that he doesn't know how to use his hands he doesn't know how to lean on people he doesn't know how to properly use all of those offensive line tools and techniques that you can get from that belt to be you know to be successful and polished but the difference between him is if you take a guy like um Let's just put him on on blast. Greg Little um, from Ole Miss last year, right? He was a guy that was big, that can move well, but he didn't have the tools, but he wasn't as nasty as you would like him. So he kind of ran into some issues or whatever. He needed a little bit of coaching. Um, Makai Becton lines up day one whooping people. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to look cute. He may get some holding calls here or there, but if you teach him how to use his hands, hey, put your feet there, don't hit that guy, and hey, you're 365 pounds, lean on this dude and see what happens, then Makai Becton gives you the best kind of package as an upside guy. So, simply, you're saying Makai Becton is highest ceiling, most boom potential based on the fact he's 365 and these other tackles we're going to talk about are around 320, 325. Is it as simple as that, man? Sure. He, he, he has the biggest boom potential, but I think his, his floor is a little higher than when we normally talk about these boomer bus guys, because most of these boomer bus guys, they're not whooping people today. Makai Becton is whooping people today. He's just not doing it the right way. So when you teach him how to do it the right way, he can be even better. That's why his ceiling is so high. Yep. One more thing on Beckton here before we move on. I don't think it's fair, and I, I like what you said at the top of this. We don't want to put pressure on these kids. These are these are young guys. They've got a lot of time to grow. But when you three, see 365, naturally we got to talk weight, and if that's a concern, do you think that's an over overblown and corny question, or do you think that that 365 is really all he can play at? And do you ever worry about weight in that situation? Orlando Brown uh, from Oklahoma was like that same size and weight a few years ago, but he was slow and heavy and husky and out of shape. And people were kind of nervous about that. But I was like, hey, man, he got length. You know, he got size. Just let him get his hands on people and he can live out there. He is a he is a perfect candidate of he can exist in this space and you'll and you'll be OK. Beckton is that same size, arm length hands all that plus he's nasty he's angry he's physical and he destroys and goes seeks to find work and beat people um so i'm not gonna be the guy that said okay well he's three six let's make him lose 20 pounds and and then we'll see what happens now that's the that's the beauty of it keep him at 360 and you know just teach him how to navigate with that 360 because it's not like he's slowing down you don't need him to be any quicker than what he is right now um of course he's he's gonna run into some top tier guys in the league but just adjust that you know 
know, just move some some chess pieces here or there and, you know, then keep them growing, keep them – because what happens at the end of these off-seasons is that guys get in their man body. Like, they, they lift weights sure. all off-season, they get bigger, and they get on that secret NFL protein that's not in the stores, and guys just get even bigger. So he may end up chiseling out and losing weight naturally. But as long as he can move, as long as he's powerful, as long as he's heavy, I think he's going to be good to go. All right, man, that makes sense. Let's switch gears here to Tristan Wirfs. Uh, listen to your videos. I have a feeling where this might go from one end of the spectrum with Beckham to the other now with Wirfs. Uh, let's just start with when you watch Wirfs, what are you seeing compared to what you're seeing with some of these other tackles, the Becktons and the Dedrick Wills of the world? Positives. It's a good thing that he has this major athleticism. That's fantastic. It's a good thing that um, he can maul people, that he's super strong, physical, great size and all that. But just because he has a particular type of athleticism doesn't mean you should just keep him in one spot. Because I get really serious with his offensive line thing. And I, I love and it. I, hey, that's why you're on here, man. I love it. I get in these super shouting matches. Some people think that the guard position, as a position, is inferior than tackle. That's not true because there are some tackles that refuse to play inside because of how different the job is. You know, when you're, when, when, when you're a tackle, your responsibility is from your outside foot to the sideline. Unless you line up like a tight end up there or something, then C-gap is that whole space. So, of course, you got to be able to deal with space. You got to be able to move a little bit quicker and read and react and things like that. But just because you can do that outside doesn't mean you can do that inside. Things happen a lot faster in there. You might want to be a little more powerful to be able to dig those, dig those tackles out. So when I see Tristan Wirfs, this great athlete for this size that he has, I don't want to just say just because he moves well, let's put him in tackle. Because sometimes your, your brain and your feet aren't necessarily on the same page. Sometimes your feet and your hands aren't necessarily on the, on the same page. And all that nuance is, is, is necessary. You know, he can beat one of these edge guys in a foot race. He can be as athletic as them. But if your brain doesn't compute, okay, let me step inside with my inside foot. Let me not cross my feet. Let me not drop my, my post foot. Let me put my hands here. If all that's not registering to you, then you shouldn't be outside. Let me use this angle. If that's not registering, don't do it. But Kai Becton at least understands that. He at least understands what angle I can take. Oh, here's how to use my, my long arms. This is where my body needs to be. At least Becton understands that. Worse, he loses a lot of gap exchanges. He loses against some of these quick twitchy guys. Not because he's not athletic. He's losing athletically. But it's just a lot of other nuanced things going on. But when you see him blocking down on guys, you see him inside zoning, outside zoning, second level blocking, digging three techs out of, out of B-gap, you go, man, if that dude was at guard, it'll make a lot of sense. I understand he's athletic. I understand Iowa fans. He's been playing tackle since he's been at Iowa. I get it. My perfect example is Cam Robinson from Alabama a couple years ago. He was another guy that was a big Husky tackle, super aggressive and powerful, that played tackle for four years but I was like yo you put those same traits at guard you got a fantastic guard Alabama fans say no Vach 
He's been playing guard for four years. Not going to be able to do it. Well, now we get recent reports that Jacksonville may be looking at tackle because Cam Robinson is, is moving at guard. Look, Tristan Wirfs can play tackle. Don't get me wrong. But he can play free safety. He can play tight end. He can play head coach. What's he best at? What is he best at? And I think he's best if he's inside moving people without having to worry about all the – the turbulence of being an outside guy. And he has a problem with gap exchanges and IQ stuff. Well, if you got a problem with IQ stuff, put an IQ person next to him, your center, the nucleus guy, put him next to him. Um, close down some of that room that those gap exchanges have to have to operate on. If somebody super twitchy is whooping you to the outside, it's not going to look the same as somebody running fast on the inside. They may run into another player. So, that's not saying Tristan Wirfs is an inferior player just because he's lined up at, um, at guard. How my, how my big board works is he's my tackle number five, my guard number one, but that averages out to my offensive lineman number three. He's a good player, and I say this with plenty of context. He's the best guard since Quinn Nelson. Relax, Browns fans. I'm not saying he's Quinn Nelson. Not saying he's better than Quinn Nelson, but we don't get a lot of guards that we consider top tier. I think Tristan Wirfs can be one of those guys. And that's it. That's exactly what I wanted out of you, Vox. That's a great way to look at Tristan Wirfs, a, a take I really haven't seen. Look, you see people mention that he might be better at guard. We don't get the nuance. We don't get the analysis there. So I appreciate that. To put a cap on this Tristan Wirfs conversation for now, you see him tied sometimes to number four, the New York Giants. I know you just put him on your big board and whatnot. Mm. Is four too high considering where you have him ranked? Or can I flip the argument on you and say, look, you might be getting that tackle you need or you're getting the best guard in the draft. And that can, is that a way to vault his name upboards or is that deteriorate him, as you said, with him being your number third overall? I don't want to drop him down boards because I'm not super analytics PFF position value guy. I'm not that guy. Um, once upon a time, Quentin Nelson was looked at as, hey, you can't take a guard that high. Vosh Lombardi stood on the table and said, look, fix your offensive line. Fix your offensive line. And Browns fans, listen to me. Shouts out to Browns Reddit. Shouts out to all the Browns YouTubers. I, y'all show a lot of love over there. I, I interact with all y'all. And I fuss with y'all because I love you. I'm fussing out of a place of happiness. I'm a Cowboys fan. We drafted Tyron Smith. We haven't had to look at tackle in a decade. Exactly. It's not going to be cute. It's not going to be pretty. And I know a lot of Browns fans want to take one of those top-tier defenders up there. You've probably been seeing that conversation in the Browns ethos or whatnot. Hey, what if, what if Isaiah Simmons is there? Should we take him? I understand. If you have an opportunity to fix your offensive line, fix your offensive line. You haven't had to have the left tackle conversation in years because Joe Thomas was so fantastic. Kind of repeat that, that, that same conversation. You don't need much. This offense, I'm talking about the Browns now, the offense is talented. And by subtracting Freddie Kitchens, I think you can win seven games just automatically. I'm, I'm being nice here. I don't want to say bad things about Freddie Kitchens. He got kids and a wife, whatever. I don't want to be mean on this Browns platform here. But by the subtraction of him, you automatically get better. The Browns are a good team. Fix up some 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 little patchwork here and there, some contract stuff here. Get a left tackle for the future to go along with Jack Conklin to make your offensive line fantastic. And don't worry about tackle for the next 15 years. Yeah, Vach, I hear that. I think uh, myself and Browns fans in general agree with you. Um, but, of course, we'll find out Thursday. I'm going to ask you to mock. Answer your 
question. Pardon me to answer your question. Even if you end up with Tristan Wirfs, because y'all do draft at um number ten, yep. so the top two tackles may be gone. But if you get Wirfs, sure, try him at tackle to see what happens. I could be wrong. He could be fantastic at tackle. But at the end of the day, you still got a top tier guard at ten, and he'll be your guard at ten forever. You know. So even if you get the opportunity, take him anyway. Yeah, that sounds like a win-win to me. All right, uh, we're, I'm probably gonna have you mock out that those first ten picks, uh, tackle specific. When we wrap this up, let's jump to Jedrick Wills here. Watching your film breakdown, there it was pretty clear. It's hard to find something negative to say about this kid. Uh, what do you love about Jedrick? He's fantastic at everything. Um, you know, we don't get a lot of these top-tier tackles in the league, and when it's time to get them, it's time to get them. Giddy up. Um, take them off the board and plug them in there, leave them there forever. Um, everything that I just said negatively about uh, Worse and, uh, and, and Becton, Wills excels at it in terms of when we talk about how players trans, um, transition from college to the, to the pro game, it starts shoulder up. You, have all the athletic, you can have all the athletic ability you want, but if you got it shoulder up, you got it. And in terms of technique, Football IQ, intelligence, and just being damn good at it. Just being good at it. Then throw in the top-tier feet. Then throw in the hands. Then throwing situational, just knowing when to use what techniques. Oh, okay, I'm going against this, this quick twitchy guy. Let me adjust. Let me quick set. Let me get my hands on you quicker. Okay, you're a bigger, slower guy. I have a little more room to read and react. Let me use this technique. He's perfect. I wouldn't I don't want to say he's perfect. Because I get ahead of myself. I love offensive line, draft, weird things happen in the draft. But he's as close to a perfect prospect at offensive tackle as you can possibly get. Is he the best run blocker in the world? No. But in, in my perfect creative player Madden brain, mm-hmm. you got to lose somewhere. <laughs> you know, so of course, you know, Wirfs may be a lot more physical of a run blocking talent than him. That's why I say put him at, at guard or whatever. Um, of course, the other tackle that we're going to talk about, he may be a better pure run blocker. Yep. But it's not like in the positive game, we got all this positive. Run blocking isn't in the negative category for Wills. I just got a nitpick about something. But if, you, but if you're going to run outside zone like the Browns will, if, if you're going to run a lot of outside zone, inside zone, then movement is more paramount than moving people. Sometimes you just got to get a hat on a hat. Sometimes you just got to get to a guy and let the running back make a decision. You don't have to drive and dig people out. Um, If it was a power running situation, then, of course, that's something to consider. But it's not. We're talking about the Browns. We're talking about getting hats on hats, moving guys outside zone. Uh, Chubb be great. That's what we're talking about. And in terms of that run blocking ability, Wills excels in that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Do we make too much out of – switching a tackle from the right to the left side. That's really the only thing I can think of with Jedrick. Do we make too much of that? Um, as a former offensive lineman, I understand changing stances and, and all that kind of stuff. But if you're top tier, it doesn't matter. And, and Jedrick Wills is top tier. So, yes, he can play left tackle. But at the end of the day, if, it, if he can't play left tackle – Put Conklin over there and let like do like do whatever works. Do whatever works. Um, there's another theory that offensive line people hate is that the right tackle is 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 more inferior than the left tackle. That ain't true because in brand new football, people got two pass rushes, so yep. you kind of need both those guys to be good. So 
Overkill, man, if you have an opportunity to to get Jedrick Wills, sprint to the well, not the podium, because well, sprint to the keyboard the or whatever the or whatever the hell we're doing this year. Sprint to the keyboard and go get Jedrick Wills if that's what you want to do. That's funny. You're right about that, man. Uh, real quick, wrapping up Jedrick here. Uh, is he got the best feet in this class? I mean, I watched him at the combine, and those those lateral movement drills look superb. And then just watching his clips that you broke down, he looks like a basketball player out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, no, no question marks about that. He's 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 the best feet in this class right now, and the best feet I've seen since. I don't want to get in that conversation because it could get me in trouble. But top tier feet, you don't have to worry about none of that. All right, then I just wanted to give you maybe a 30-second minute to – I know the listeners can't see it, but I loved your breakdown when he just went and smacked that defensive end, man. He just smacked him right to the ground in that, that screen set. I know people can't see it. I'm kind of making a, a slap motion at the screen right now. This man just sure. right – I think it was left paw to the, the arm and just broke this Auburn defensive end down. Uh, how Absolutely. much fun did you have breaking that one down, man? It's perfect. Um, when, you're running, when you're running screens – um, the play side tackle isn't going to be a part of the screen because we got to do something with the end. So if we're running a, I don't want to say jailbreak screen, but if we're running like a slower running back screen that's going to the right, then we have to do something with the right defensive end or else he penetrates and disrupt the play. So the job of the tackle to that side is to do something with that end. Um, and most likely we want to lead him upfield to kind of get him out of that lane a little bit. And one technique I haven't seen in a long time, like Larry Allen used to do this, and but he used to pop people in the head, but they don't let you do that no more. Right. But um, but just a strong slap to the armpit. So if Jedrick Wills is the is the right tackle, then the defensive end on that side got hit in his right armpit. So he'll go kick, kick, boom to the right armpit, and he glides three yards. And the only thing Jedrick Wills did wrong in that play is he didn't fall on him. Right. He, he, he should have just, just laid on him and just made a pay for all that. But that, that, was, that was one of my favorite plays. One, because um, you miss a lot of that physicality in college football offensive line nowadays. The ball is gone so quick, you only got a thousand, one thousand, two 1,002 balls gone. So you don't see a lot of engagement all the time. So when you get a chance to evaluate these pro-level reps um, that mean something in your evaluation, you just kind of got to sit back and rewind it five, six, seven, eight times. Yeah, man, you weren't kidding. I, I jumped out of my chair a little bit when I saw it. He, he just sunned him like that with that paw, man. That, that, that's fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, yep. One more tackle here before we look big picture again. Andrew Thomas, Georgia. Look, can I make the case with Andrew that we're at the entering the point where he's becoming a little overlooked? Uh, he seemed like the consensus guy. This these draft evaluation processes they get long. You know, we don't see these kids t December, January, and then they disappear till draft day. Uh, did he just not have the Becton size and forty time, and then the Worfs four nine forty, and the the Alabama background to get lost in the shuffle here? What, what's going on with Andrew Thomas, man? I just don't trust front office people. And I know that I'm an amateur technically to all this. And I should comply to these professionals that get paid big money to pick these players. But there's a pick every single year that even fans, even amateur scouts or whatever, we just scratching our head and saying, what's going on here? So once upon a time, Thomas was tackle number one. Right. He was considered to be tackle number one. And the film didn't change. Exactly. Didn't. 
didn't change overnight. It's just that sometimes I think people are too smart for their own good. Sometimes they want to nitpick just because, you know, just to say it, just to have a hot take, just to make my mock draft get a few more clicks. Let me have Andrew Thomas falling, falling down to the 20s or so. But you see the closer we get to draft, you coming right back up them boards. The film didn't change. Nothing changed. So what happened? I think sometimes media scouts get involved and they kind of cloud things up. And I don't want to say nothing bad about media scouts. They got families. I don't want to say nothing bad. But um, the, the, the truth always, always comes out, you know. So we talk about Andrew Thomas. He's just as top tier as Jedrick Wills. Not as good, though. But it's not this big gap between them. He's my tackle number two. Um, he's another big guy with great feet, pretty good pass blocking ability, but he's really, really, really good running the football, physicality. He has this thing that I call a tactical lean. And he just leans on people and they fall. <laughs> It just works, yeah. right? It just works. He just he just shifts his weight, but it's not like he's falling, like he's losing his balance. He's leaning and driving his feet, and he's making that 320-some-odd pounds fall on you. That's nuance. Yeah. That's technique. That's adding all the tools in your tool belt. Like, whenever Beckton learned how to do this, it's going to be ball game for a lot of these smaller smaller DNs or whatever. I, w- I wish Josh Uche would try to try to let oh, uh, Beckton fall on him. That'll be interesting. But – um. Andrew Thomas is one of my favorite players. If Jedrick Wills didn't exist, um, Andrew Thomas would be the the top guy. Like I said, he's my tackle number two, my O-line number two. Um, just as good. So if you're Cleveland, right, this is a Cleveland program or whatever. If you're Cleveland and Wills is going to be gone, in my personal opinion, he'll be gone at four. But if one of these teams just kind of fall in love with that Wirfs hype a little bit, if they just, you know, something weird happens and Thomas is at 10, then you run to the keyboard and you go get Thomas. It's, he, he's just that good to me. I got that much faith in him. Hey, man, you, you, mean, you may need to trademark that run to the keyboard. 2020 draft, start selling the T's, something. I think, I think that's what we got going on here, right? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. But um, also that, um, what's so good about Thomas, and people kind of knocked him on this, so I'll, I'll just bring this point up. But one thing that I, I, I like about him also, Wills is the competition that they played against. I right. think that really, really matters. Like, SEC, you can get all these, you know, UCF fans that, 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 that say that, oh, uh, Mountain West teams are just as good as the SEC. I don't want to hear that. No, stop it. So, if you listen to the, the anti-Thomas camp, they'll say something like, well, well uh, Chason gave him a hard time when they played against LSU. Well, Chason's a great player. He's going to be a top 15 defensive end. Of course, he's going to have a hard time somewhere. But I grade on 68 plays, not six to eight plays, right? So Chason had a highlight or two. Right. Well, but what about when Thomas had his hands on Chason? Yep. What about yep. those plays? I just think it was a great battle, you know. Um, those pass rushers in Florida, he ran into the Carolina guys, you know what I mean? It's, it, he, he went against some good tackles, some pretty good tackles. And I think he, he had a, a pretty good fight against them. Wills had that same kind of conversation with those tackles. He kind of beat those guys a little easier. But when we're playing against that caliber of talent, I will give you – I would much rather a – a good fight where you lost some reps against a good talent than you smoking small school guys. I would rather that. You see what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Quickly, yeah. uh, 
Andrew Thomas, better run blocker, better wide zone than, than Wills if we're trying to split hairs here, you think? Um, in a physical way, he's a better run blocker. Physically. And that's why some people are looking at Thomas like he could play guard because he's one of those guys that can line up inside and dig guys out. I'm not doing it because I think he'll be a really good tackle. Um, but that's the one thing that he does better than than Wills in terms of if I got to line up, engage, lock up, and move people, Thomas is going to move people better than Wills. But Wills is so fantastic. So Wills will get to his landmark a little bit better than, than Thomas. Okay, makes sense. You've already been teasing it a little bit. Uh, do you want to give your one through five offensive linemen now? I know, I know there was a name I didn't include there as you, you tease yeah. at the top. So you want to give your one through five? Um, Josh Jones from Houston is a guy that, that I think is pretty good that's kind of get overlooked a little bit. And I think he's a better – everybody listen and put your thinking caps on. I think he's a better tackle than Wirfs. But Wirfs, because he's so good at guard, is a better overall offensive lineman than him. So if you're in the tackle market, if you're in the I need an outside zone run blocker, I need a quick-footed pass blocky guy, then Josh Jones will be a guy that can come in and be really good for you. I put him in that same conversation as these guys. Is he elite as Wills or Thomas or what Beckton could be? I don't think so. But in his own right, I do think he's a guy that, that we can plug in at tackle and we'll be fine for the next however many or, or so years. Now, if the National Football League was filled with tackles, if every team had a tackle, then you could, process, you could possibly say, okay, I shouldn't be as high on Josh Jones. But in a league where there's like six of them exactly. and everybody else is just basically doing patchwork, then go get Josh Jones and quit playing so much. I think he's going to be another guy that works into the the um, top 15 or so. He has some uh, pretty good tape. Um, he played at Houston, so he played against some of those schools that I consider to be inferior. I'm not going to disrespect anybody's school, but he went to the Senior Bowl, and he had a pretty good showing. Um, they tried to put him at guard for, uh, like, two plays, and, like, Marlon Davidson beat up on him, I think, or something like that. Or, you know, it just wasn't good for him on the inside. So I'm not putting him on the inside. But in terms of lining him up outside, letting his movement work, letting his arm length and all that good stuff work, then Josh Jones is another guy that I consider um, to be a, a playable tackle for you. He's my tackle number four. All right. And then going up from there, uh, who you got at three? My, my tackle number three? Yes. My third tackle is Beckton because of his upside. So we got, in terms of offensive tackles, um, Wills is one, Thomas is two, Beckton three, Jones is four, and as a tackle, uh, Tristan Wirfs is five. All right, I dig that. Quickly, let's try and map out uh, these top ten picks, of course, with the Browns being number ten. Um, you, do you feel like number four, obviously you got the Giants looking at alignment there. Who knows where these quarterbacks are going to fall? Uh, Chargers mm-hmm. could use some old line help. Dolphins need a lot of help, but they can find tackles later. Uh, sure. And then possibly the Cardinals and the Jags. So could, can you – I know I'm putting you on the spot. Can you forecast at all a top ten where you think the Browns – what options they may have and what pick you would make there at ten? So I pulled up my mock draft that I put on my uh, on my uh, YouTube or whatever. Uh, so Burrow at number one, Tua at two. We ain't got to talk about Tua at two, but I think he's better than Haskins. So – Hey, man, get the better guy. What, yep. what you want me to do? Uh, Chase at three, and uh, Jedrick Wills ended up going to the uh, to the Giants. So we're gonna uh, put him there. The next offensive lineman is Andrew Thomas, who went to um, who went to the Cardinals, number eight. Um, then Tristan Wirfs kind of fell to y'all at uh, at number ten. Now Beckner was on the board still, right. you know. So in my mind, I just went with the better player. 
in which I think Wirfs is the better player. Becton could be the better tackle. But, like I said, just get Wirfs, put him at tackle, see what happens. If you don't like it, you get a really, really good guard, like a fantastic guard. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, mock drafts can change up or whatever. If you would rather be in the tackle market, then you had the opportunity to um, get either one of those tackles. If you want the upside guy, you can get Beckton. If you want the guy that could probably uh, be a little more um, – his floor could be higher, then you can get Josh Jones. One more for you here. If you mm-hmm. had to place Beckton in the top ten, which team, which GM do you see taking – I don't want to say a flyer or reaching by any means, but grabbing mm-hmm. that upside right there in Makai Beckton? Um, you know, man, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him mock like fourth to the, to the Giants for a long time. I'm, I'm not buying that. I'm not, you know, if you got the best tackles on the board, you get to pick any one of them. I'm not going to pick Beckton because I just don't think his floor is that high, especially when you, when you got guys on the board, but, um, you know, you can look at a team. Hell, uh, the Chargers could could use some tackle help. You know, e- you know, either either one of these guys. Uh, I had the um, Cardinals taking Thomas, but the Cardinals could could go there. The Jacksonville Jaguars can get anybody. Um, so yes, those guys could fly off the board before ten, but I do think somebody's going to be there at ten. Yeah, and that's I just was going to ask you that. Just reassure Browns fans that one of those four guys will be there at ten because that's I think I think uh, Cleveland wants to come out of here with with a tackle. The, the fans, I'm saying. What's with all this Ezra Cleveland stuff? What's what's going on with all that talk? Yeah, I think we had one of Doug Le Maurice, one of our, our our great columnists at Cleveland.com. I got to talk to his family members and wrote a good story about that. I think the name obviously plays off one another. Uh, they, they just, the Browns actually just took Cleveland off the front of their jersey with their mm-hmm. new uniforms, but now they might draft a player that throws it right on the back. So that's a little ironic. I think it's more fun draft talk than it actually happening. You know what I mean? I don't like it. <laughs> but I, I don't blame you. But hey, if they move back, now we're talking Ezra Cleveland. Or are you thinking more Austin Jackson, Jones type area that if the Browns trade back? Late first round? Yeah. I'm thinking more Jackson than Cleveland in the late first round. Ezra is more like a. The only reason he would be a middle second round guy to me is because there aren't a lot of tackles in the league and his athleticism, his movement of the movement of his feet in the passing game. Let's be clear. The movement of his feet in the passing game um, makes him a guy that, like I said earlier, a guy that can exist at tackle. Um, But I don't consider him to be one of those guys. I don't consider him to be one of those talents. Now, can he go to the league and be good? Sure. You can get rid of the ball quickly. You can, you know, you can read the player that he's lined up against. You can put help over there. You can live in a world with Ezra Cleveland at tackle, but you got some really good tackles at 10. So I just implore Browns fans to don't get cute because the Browns fans in plenty years as a draft guy, I've noticed the Browns guys, sometimes they'll have great players on the board. They'll get cute just to get extra picks, but they'll leave a good player just to go get uh, Peppers and Njoku in the back of the first round. You know what I'm saying? So, so just get the best guys. Get the best guys and build your team. And if, and if you're bad next year, be bad next year, but just do it all over again. Couldn't agree more. Uh, before we get out of here, we got to wrap up. Uh, anything you want to add about this offensive line class? Anything I may have left out? Um, we talked about tackles today, but uh, if the Browns are interested in upgrading like right guard or something like that, if they just want to add some guard help, um, it's plenty guards here. Uh, tackles typically go early. I don't really get into the 
day three tackles very much. It's just too much development going on there. But there are plenty guards in this class if you need somebody that uh, you can draft and, you know, kind of plug in to help that interior then. Um, it's plenty guys. So offensive line as a whole, tackle and guard, this is a really good class, you know, if you if you if you wanna double up. And if you want to add some some depth in day in day three if you want to, it's a really good class to go get guys. I hear that. And hopefully I can have you on this podcast again and we can talk into your offensive linemen and guard because I'd be surprised if Cleveland doesn't leave the draft with at least two offensive linemen, if not more total here. Uh Vosh, before we get out of here, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Uh, Rob Gronkowski traded from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got any quick uh, Gronk to the Tampa Bay Bucks views for me, man? Who cares about these old men that's going to go play for Tampa Bay? Gronk was on Good Morning America looking like a looking like a citizen, right? looking, looking looking like a civilian. I'm like, man, I don't want to put PEDs on nobody, but he was a lot swoller a month ago. And then we see him later, he's kind of slim and trim. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't I, – show me. You gonna have to show me. Brady's an old man. Gronk is a Gronk is a civilian. I feel bad for OJ Howard. Let him free to go play for somebody. Yep. Um, but I'm not gonna get excited until you show me. Like, of course, they could be trying to do that um, Denver Broncos thing with Peyton Manning, get the old guy and make a Super Bowl run. But you could get that Denver Bronco run where Peyton Manning's arm wouldn't allow him to throw the ball five yards. So uh, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not really enthused. I hear that. And you got skin in the game. You said at the top, you're a Cowboy fan. So, you, you know, that's an NFC club, obviously. So you've got, you got skin in this game and, and you're not worried. Uh, Vach, before we get out of here, you want to plug your YouTube or anything like that? Yeah, um, every player that I've talked about today, I've broken that player down in depth with, you know, with the film on the screen on my YouTube, Vach Lombardi, V-O-C-H-L-O-M-B-A-R-D-I. What I try to do is not just put nonsense out in the air. I try to give you an opinion with context. So uh, find me on YouTube and Twitter, Vach Lombardi, V-O-C-H-L-O-M-B-A-R-D-I. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Go, go, everyone listen. Go follow this man. He knows what he's talking about. Great content, Vach. I hope we can talk again soon. Thanks for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Shouts out to Browns Reddit. They like me over there. Salute. <laughs> Take care, man. Thanks again.